Section 4 The Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros The Complete Works of Bran, The Iconoclast, Volume 12 by William Cowper Bran Section 4 Extracts from the Waco Weekly Tribune, issue of Saturday, April 2nd, 1898 Davis Follows Bran The Death Struggle and Kindred Incidents While breaking hearts watched by Mr. Bran's bedside, there was a loving wife, a dutiful son, and kind friends sitting by the bedside of Tom E. Davis. For the first six hours, Dr. J. C. J. King, Dr. Curtis, and Dr. Olive endeavored to bring their patient about. He was perfectly conscious, but was yet suffering from the shock. At midnight he was no better, and a change for the worse was soon noted. The patient would awake from the effect of opiates, talk with those about him, and then relapse again into slumber. He knew his son and wife, friends who called, and friends who spoke to him, but there was rapid pulse and a labored breathing that indicated the approach of death. Throughout the small hours of the newborn day, the wife sat by that couch, and with her sat kind friends. Everything known to science was done to save the life that fleeting breath told was fast ebbing away. There was not a continued loss of blood, but with a perforated frame the creature of nature could not exist, and it was evident he was fast nearing the end. The dawn of early morning found the faithful watchers yet at the bedside, and the rising sun peeped into the room and shed a glow about the sick room, appearing to light the way for the soul which was soon to wing its flight to realms beyond. The circle about the couch enlarged, children of the wounded man gathering about their weeping mother, his sister, and other relatives coming to watch and wait. During the early hours of the morning, and until the forenoon was advanced, friends paced the lobby of the Pacific, hoping every moment for a report that the patient was better. Each minute passed as an hour, and the hours seemed as long drawn-out days, each report from the sick-room was no change. At noon it became evident that but a short time remained. A. C. Riddle sat upon one side of the couch, and Richard Selman at the other, the first rubbing the injured portion of the wounded right arm, while the other moistened the parched lips with constant applications of cold water. By Mr. Riddle sat the weeping wife, soon to be a widow, and about the apartment were gathered the children. The last hour of the citizen was one which will never be forgotten by those who watched his last moments. Labored was the breathing, and every breath was a gasp and a groan. His children stood by the couch and saw the pain-racked form, and his wife held his hand and prayed to the god of all people to spare him to her for a longer time prayers were of no avail and tears did not soothe the pain he was in agony and accompanied with that agony was a desire to say something 
he relapsed into slumber at times and would at intervals awake his eyes would roll about the gathered friends and relatives and an unintelligible sound would escape there seemed to be no control of the tongue except at times he would utter the words wife and molly the silence in the sick-room was disturbed by the gasp of the dying man and the weeping of his family the hour of two o'clock came and the breath was shorter and harder little nelly two years of age was brought to the bedside and looking at her father in childish innocence smiled and cried mamma is that my papa did papa hear those words it is to be hoped he did they rung out loud within the quiet room the walls caught them and echoed the music of the child's voice and probably that music joined the music of the great beyond where the soul was soon to be if the ear of the dying man who gave every indication of consciousness caught the words of his baby his death was made happy even with the pain that racked his wounded form he saw the anguish of the wife and children it was to comfort them with a last word that he sought to speak the last word that he could not utter at two-twenty it was seen that death was upon him and the rapid gasp for breath plunged the entire family into violent weeping mrs davis had controlled herself as best she could the long hours were spent in a labored effort to hold back the anguish of her bleeding heart but when she saw her husband in the last moments of death she could control herself no longer death came at two thirty o'clock the dissolution of tom e davis was known upon the streets within a few minutes and the regret of the people was freely expressed tom e davis was forty-two years of age he was born in waco and was the son of judge james f davis a pioneer settler of waco tribune readers who have lived here twenty years or more will remember judge davis from eighteen seventy six to eighteen seventy eight he was one of the two justices of the peace in waco he has followed the life of a railroad man for many years but finally gave it up to locate in his native city he has been engaged in the real estate business recently. He was well thought of in this city, had many friends, was a man of genial, jovial nature, and was a good citizen. His death is mourned by a large number. Surviving him is his wife and six children, James F., Flossie, Maddie, Lillian, Marjorie, and Nellie, the eldest being sixteen and the youngest two years old. In addition to those mentioned who were at the deathbed was his sister, Mrs. Margaret Allen. Saturday afternoon, Drs. J. C. J. King, Frank Ross, A. M. Curtis, and N. A. Olive made an examination of the wounds of T. E. Davis. Justice W. H. Davis had viewed the body, and the examination was made at the request of Sheriff John W. Baker. They could trace four bullets as having struck Mr. Davis. While there were a number of wounds, the surgeons found that the same bullet made more than one or two holes. Two were found to have struck in the left shoulder about the same place. One of these came out at the back, and the other passed around the chest wall and lodged near the spine near the waist. 
one went externally in the chest and came out of the armpit and another made a flesh wound in the arm end of section four